0: About the craze, sweeping to LA. Cobra, 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 cobra. Do you want to do this dance? I can put you in a cobra, cobra. Hi everyone. Welcome cobra, to Waiting Fellows. Uh, for this episode, we have a spectacular guest with us, Kamaini, a writer and researcher on visual culture with a particular interest in Hindi cinema. Uh, for this episode, we're gonna talk about the new Netflix docu-series, The Fantastic Lives of Bollywood Wives. Um, So I guess the first question I wanted to ask you, Agamaini, thank you for coming on the show. Super excited to have you.
1: Thank thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here to talk about these people.
0: (laughs) I know, same. Um, But it's it's always fun to dissect something that is so ridiculous. Um, And it's like, even though I guess my verdict of the show is that it's a terrible show to watch, but it's a really fun show to dissect. So, Isn't that the definition um, of
1: like cringe binge-worthy reality, reality show? Yeah, yeah, and
0: that's sort of the re- reality TV model anyway. Like you, you, you love to hate it exactly, um, and then you hate yourself for loving it. Um, Pretty much. So I wanted, I wanted to ask you: um, Were you excited about this show? Like, what were your thoughts when you first heard about it?
1: I mean, excited would probably not be the right word. Uh, I was. Looking forward to it, um, simply because you just the promos made it obvious that it was it was going to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, that there was going to be an absurd amount of uh, mockery, you know, and uh, humor to be derived from watching these people. And I think it's, you know, it's like the cliche, uh, you know, about the watching a train wreck. Um, it's awful, <laughs> but you can't look away and you just find yourself riveted. And the more you watch, the harder it is to kind of pull back because then you start becoming invested. Uh, but the promos were, you know, really snazzy, I thought, and, um, extremely kind of, you know, they, they did, um, they, they were, you know, true to the, to, to the, to the show in the sense that you kind of knew what you were getting into and yeah so i mean i i I was really i i knew i had to watch this show
0: yeah i guess that was me as well um there's been a lot of sort of grief given to shows like this um i think on social media i read a lot of people being like oh like who would want to watch this is superficial official show but oh my like, it's god it's like literally and then i raise my hand like i would
1: <laughs> no you're right i feel like there's some uh there's definitely a kind of um cognitive dissonance at play here because i feel like it's like all those people who talked about how they were only on tinder to write about it you know like i don't i don't i don't want right. to be on i'm not hooking up i just want to like mock these people but then you're still on tinder right so I feel right. like it's a similar kind of sentiment that is often aired when it comes or at play when it comes to uh, trashing reality shows, Uh because you know you particularly on social media you have this kind of um uh, you know this kind of uh, vitriol directed at these shows, but then everybody's watching them enough to actually be able to direct that vitriol in the first place, so. You know, they do yeah to and I refuse that, to
0: believe that like sports is a more like useful thing to watch than like a reality TV show about Bollywood housewives like <laughs> like you know like like who legitimizes what I mean I think sports is like a massive waste of time if you can't play it then why do you watch it right. so like so mm. it's just um, uh, I mean that's my that's my thought that's my thoughts on like sports culture at large I'd rather play a sport than like obsess and watch, watch a sport but um, but anyway, um, I was also really excited for similar reasons um, as you just explained about this show. I think uh, my interest in it derived from the fact that it reminded me of the Real Housewives franchise, mm-hmm. which I'm a big fan of. And Real Housewives is a franchise that was started in the U.S. but has since, since had like multiple oh, wow. offshoots around the world and you know in true current Johar fashion instead of just going to the creators of Real Housewives and trying to license the model he just creates a whole new show that's based on the Real Housewives <laughs> franchise and like, tries yeah. to get away with it um, but there are some tweaks which we can discuss and those tweaks are actually for the worse rather than for the better like I kind of wish they took the Real Housewives model. Completely, because that shows a model that has worked. But it's a it's a similar thing. You, um, it's like the sociological immersion into a very specific milieu. So you have *The Real Housewives of New York*, which explores what it means to be like um, a an upwardly mobile rich woman in the fast city, in the city of dreams, in the city of competition, and all of these women are sort of very. Business oriented, working in industries associated with um, fashion or entertainment, but entertainment more in terms of like news, um, you know, not so much entertainment like Hollywood. Uh, But uh, women with, uh, yeah, women who are basically have their own brands, you know, are boss girls, run it all, and a lot of their fights has to do with the battle of egos in terms of like who is more successful, who made their money themselves versus who made their money by marrying a man. Um, so, it's all, it's, it's a lot of the controversies are rooted in that kind of competition, which is very emblematic of New York in general and New York high society. And then you have like something like the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which is very different from Rural Housewives of New York because New York is about these like career women, even if it's called Housewives, none of them are married. Um, But Beverly Hills is about all these women with their husbands, the husbands are often like the big money makers, either big actors, industry people or real estate agents, it's all about the glam, the houses, Um, everyone has some kind of relationship with the entertainment industry and their value to the show is mediated by what kind of relationship they have to the entertainment industry. Um, So it's interesting and to me, this show reminds me of the Beverly Hills model where so much of the focus is on like what these women are wearing, how glam they look, um, the kinds of like houses they live in, the kinds of like the the places they go out to and the fancy places they go out to and Bollywood really lies at the center of it. Um, But the way in which I felt like Real Housewives showed you all of these disparate, very different people being forced to interact through this one show Um, and then people who normally would not Know each other. They're not people with like. There'll be a couple of people or a few people with like long history, but a lot of these people, like the the irony of like shows like this is that they'll put someone who's very old money and snobbish to someone who's very new money in, in your face, and they'll be like, "What's it like when these two people are put together? And what does that kind of um, tension represent about the kind of the setting we're trying to explore through the show?" Um, so yeah, so that's why I love Real Housewives of New York. I had sent you some clips to give you a sense of like the kind of characters you find on this show and um yeah so that's kind of how i was looking at the show like does it achieve what that franchise manages to achieve and i'm curious about how you were looking at this show like what was sort of the lens in the back of your head uh you know yeah
1: i mean at one level uh, the most obvious um inspiration for a show like this is the real housewives Franchise or the Keeping Up with the Kardashians, which is referenced copiously within the show as well, um, but to me, to be very honest, I I was actually mulling over the scripted and managed nature of the show. It seemed quite staged, as you said. Like there wasn't, um, there wasn't really that uh, kind of uh, authenticity entirely that you expect from real at least American reality programming. Um, So much of it was really managed uh, and premeditated, uh, set up. Um, So to me, I I was sort of thinking about the relationship that, um, you know, uh, programs like this, uh, reality shows of this genre have to uh, fiction, you know, uh, uh, fiction television um, and soap operas. Because the logic of the soap opera was very much present, I felt, um, in, Mm -hmm. you know, in bollywood wives it's present in real housewives and keeping up with the kardashians as well but to a much um, lesser extent uh, in in bollywood wives it was very um, it, it sort of came it came through much more in i felt and i i was i kept actually being reminded of shows like sex and the city um you know uh, the, just in terms of even this kind of this typology of women you know as you said a kind of f- for or pseudo-ethnography uh, you remember that bit in the first episode when neelam is assigning a personality to each of the women you know so, right. and they as you said, like in opposition to uh, the Real Housewives uh, franchise where the women are sort of thrown in together, very distinct and very, very different personalities that don't necessarily get along, don't necessarily have any relationship to each other or a previously existing rapport. Uh, in the case of Bollywood Wives, they're obviously part of the same set. They're, they've been friends for decades. Uh, and it, because of that, the quality of their interactions reminded me more of the kind of SATC and um. You know, soap opera, female friendship, kind of logic, and um, in fact, there's a you know there's a term for for uh, shows like you know Real Housewives. Uh, it was coined, I think, sometime in the two thousands by someone called Stella Bruzzi. I think uh, it, they call she called it she called them docu soaps. So the docu soap mm-hmm. as a kind of genre is really interesting, right? Uh, because it's a kind of it, it sort of transforms the traditional melodrama. Um, and and allows you to because these people are not fictional characters they're real people or supposedly real people real people quote unquote um, so, and they're playing themselves. So the way in which you relate to them and project yourself as a consumer as a viewer onto them is uh, is very different from how you would in soaps but yet the narrative structure and the uh, and the kind of play between characters, and often the dialogues and the situations are very soap operatic, um, so that tension was uh, that kind of dynamic, you know, between these genres or this kind of genre bending is interesting to me, to think about this through the frame or uh, framework of the docu soap, and uh, you know this the irony that you were talking about is also very much present in this kind of performance of the self, right? Uh, because there is a, the irony is actually reinforced uh by the camera and the editing and the and the situational and the contexts that these women find themselves in and it becomes a kind of uh, you know a kind of satire or an ironic performance of these this particular brand of femininity uh, and i think yeah. that it's sorry just to kind of um yeah it yeah. to a certain uh economic and political context as well like we're speaking of the, 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 this femininity, uh, you know, we, when we speak of this kind of femininity, we also must acknowledge or recognize that it exists within a kind of corporatized, neoliberal um, mediascape. So how affluence is then, you know, um, made available to viewers through these women, that becomes, that that's really, you know, both what's common between a show like this and Real Housewives, but in the actual playing out of that, uh, of, the, of, of that, uh, you know, performance, you see the differences as well.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that one of my, uh, the ma- to me, the reason why this show was, felt unsuccessful is the fact that it almost took itself too seriously to let itself... To let itself breathe and grow and maybe like, it was like, it was too self-conscious, but it wasn't self-aware. Like it, it, I just felt like that's how I would describe this show: is that I feel like there was a complete lack of awareness of what was actually playing out on screen, and that was the gaze. And I thought that initially, when I saw the trailer, I thought because it was edited, the trailer was edited, and there certain aspects of the show that are edited very similar to Real Housewives, and it's like the editing is what is. Is how you're communicating through the audience directly because there's this recognition with Real Housewives um, that these women are insane, that these situations are insane, that their stories and the tales they tell about themselves are complete lies, the complete bullshit. I mean, you have a woman who was married to married into the J.P. Morgan families, but has been divorced for ten years, still like holding on to that image even though she was cast aside for someone else by the man and you have this woman, Sonia Morgan, who I sent you a video of hers and she's the most outrageous character on the show but you have this woman who keeps pretending, that she keeps talking about the yacht she has like this is one running joke for like the eight years she's been on she keeps talking about this yacht and this yacht is something she had in like the 1980s and when she starts talking about the yacht suddenly the camera will like cut to like something like the mold in her house or it will cut to like her dog peeing on the carpet or it will, you know, it will just cut to something so unglamorous um, to sort of remind you as a viewer like, no, this is her actual reality. Um, or when a woman is talking about, you know, a woman is like, oh, I'm nice to everyone and I treat everyone like an equal. In the next scene, they'll kind of purposely show her like talking down to a service worker or saying asking of something ridiculous from a service worker. Like there's an awareness of their class in this show, and it's it's very f- it's at the forefront, and it's done through the editing. There's no narrator, there's no exposition, which is the show is very exposition heavy. This Bollywood wives, oh my god, It's like everyone is constantly telling you what they're feeling, um, and uh, but there's none of that in Real Housewives, so and the the editing is really where the show the fun of the show. Ha- and I th- was hoping that the show would do something like that, but then I realized that they're too self conscious um to to really get down to it but um I wanted to kind of jump into recapping so the idea for this episode that we would is that we would recap the pilot and then bring in what we know from other episodes or largely the conversations we've been having into our recapping so is anything else you want to talk about in terms of how we're looking at the show do you want to jump into it uh
1: yeah just one thing I mean I you know there was a show that I, I mean to me also like Genealogically, this show is closer to you know that this very popular show from the eighties in the states, the Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, um, which was a far more like sort of straight documentary, uh, observational documentary in a way, um, that just showed you these extravagant, um, you know, lives of people of celebrities in the world of entertainment, sports, politics, and. I thought that that you know to sort of also uh, agree with what you're saying, that lack of self awareness or self and and the self consciousness I think makes it clo- brings it closer to that kind of more traditional model of um, you know documentary where the subjects are. This is a brand exercise for the subjects. One hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, and a brand I mean, it's a brand exercise even for the Real Housewives. But I think, and I'm curious to know. I'm actually wondering aloud if this has also something to do with the way in which failure is um, economic and social failure is um, particularly along a gendered axis is perceived in you know American society versus South Asian societies Um, because I think with because America is such a Committed capitalist country, the idea of failure becomes something that is, that can only be, you know, mocked or parodied in this particular way. Uh, and right. the ironies do come from that, I think, discomfort with uh, economic and, you know, social uh, collapse and ruin, and particularly economic ruin. It's a very class based kind of anxiety, be- precisely because they are a country and a civilization that's. That, the self mythology of which is that you know anybody can succeed uh, and you just have to try hard. But I think in a country in a context like India, for instance, I don't know that failure is we, we're, you know we are a country of such great class divides and very little kind of hope for class mobility. and it's only in the last you know dec- couple of decades that that aspirational neoliberal um, uh, you know trope, has become part of our collective consciousness. I don't know that failure can really be, you know, made fun of in that way. Um, I think it just hits too close to home, you know, like that there's something to that. I mean, I don't think this show is very deep. I'm not suggesting that this show is at all kind of, you know, um, cognizant of any of this, you know, uh, this, this, you know this aspect of our imaginary I'm just speculating on whether some of this kind of resistance to true satire and you know um, self mockery or uh, of the ability to laugh at yourself you know which we are famously terrible with in many other kind of cultural forms as well uh, it comes from that
0: No you're also I mean I think you're also right about um, the, the aspect of America being related to like economic failure because real housewives came out around the time of like the recession like in 2008 and really it became a way for people to laugh at the rich Mm -hmm. at a time when the rich were fucking them over and a recurring theme in like the first season of all these different real housewives franchises was Andy Cohen who is kind of like the father of this like the, the the daddy of this franchise like the gay man that presides over it all um is uh, it was him in the reunion shows when they all come together after the show, after they've seen all the episodes and they're kind of rehashing their drama mm. um, one on one face to face after having seen the nasty things they've said about each other in the talking heads and all, everything played out, the arcs played out. the in the first season, he would ask each franchise like, how have you all suffered because of this recession? And the answers were so. Wild. They were just like, yeah, we can't privately. Now we have to fly commercial sometimes because we can't like privately charter planes anymore. Right. Uh, or like, oh, we had to sell like one of our properties at a loss. <laughs> right, right.
1: um I mean, there's something with that. Yeah. I mean, you're right, and I think this yeah. just to kind of round up this section. I, I think, and to chime in with what you're saying, there is, this you know, I think irony works by manipulating distance, uh, distance, right, from a phenomenon. Yeah. And I'm, I f- I think that I'm I'm, I'm speaking in very broad terms. I don't want to get postmodernist on anyone. I'm just I I think that <laughs> irony as a kind of rhetorical device works with a certain kind of distance, a manipulation of distance from the event and or the phenomenon, uh, this or the ob- object of irony. I I think that that's not possible in the South in the Indian context. You know, with regard to yeah, especially
0: that, not yeah, especially with a Bollywood show made by Bollywood. People. Exactly. I mean, that's ultimately exactly. it. It's yeah and uh, i think my larger critique of um, Bollywood has always been that they are so obsessed with what people in their own milieu think that (laughs) they completely lost touch with what the country thinks yeah i do think Karan Johar has a large role to play in this because it's relatively recent Mm -hmm. and it's funny to me that he is the one who's helping this show and he is like the the figure looming behind this show which sort of can take us to the recap of the first episode. The name is of Walsers and water bras which yeah. makes zero sense. Yeah. I don't know it's so what, what book. It's te- <laughs> it's terrible. Um, but the description of the show on Netflix is of this episode is mahip and Sanjay travel to Paris ahead of Shania's debutante ball. Former actress Neelam considers a comeback. Bhavna and Seema enjoy family time. So you automatically are like, okay, now you know who the alpha of this group is, (laughs) like who had her entire family's names in the pilot episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So the first thing we see is this, um, this very like glitzy, glamorous, like fast paced like introduction to the housewives Mm -hmm. with this like. RJ voice, it's like, Me Seema Khan, she has a condition that she just can't keep calm. Me married to say, hey, Khan. Yeah, it was like some kind of mall
1: announcer. <laughs> I was like, what is going
0: on? <laughs> it's like, it's a roller coaster of a title track um, and it's very disorienting. It's like scary. It's like made me like jump back in fear. <laughs> so no, honestly, like, I know that
1: uh, you, I, I kept thinking of the opening to Kanti Shah's Gunda where they all turn up at the <laughs> box and introduce themselves one by one. I
0: genuinely, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I had like a oh, yeah. back to that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember sequence. that, like, and they all give like each other these like what the, what's the word? like epithets, like yeah. But that you know, like in uh, the Odyssey or like whatever, when Homer is like introducing people, it's like always like this person of this. Yes, yes. Like I forgot to <laughs> Is the epithet the word? I forgot. But like they're all sort of like announcing themselves, <laughs> in this like poetic way. Yeah. And yeah, this. This is the budget, body version of that. But yeah, we get introduced to our main character, Seema Khan, who is the wife of Sahil Khan, who is currently a fashion designer, Neelam Kothari, who is a former actress, married to Sameer Soni, uh, who is also an actor, uh, and she's a jewelry designer. And Neelam and Seema are BFFs. Mm -hmm. Then we have Maheep Kapoor, who, okay. Mahip loves Hawaii and her family, and there's a lot of them to love. She is wife to Sanjay Kapoor, Mum to Shanaya and Jahan Kapoor, Auntie Riya Kapoor, Sonam Kapoor, Harshvardhan Kapoor, Arjun Kapoor, Janvi Kapoor, Khushi Kapoor, sister in law Anil Kapoor and Boni Kapoor, and a former sister in law of Sri Devi, the late great Sri Devi, or like something really awkward photo of Sri Devi, <laughs> like the late great Sri Devi. <laughs> Um, and Mahip is a jewelry designer, and she's married to Sanjay Kapoor, who's the youngest of the Kapoor brothers of mm-hmm. Arjun Boni, not Arjun, sorry, Anil mm. um, and Boni Kapoor. And then the last is Bhavna Pandey, who's married to Chanki Pandey, um, and she's the partner at Love Gen, and she's the mother of Ananya Pandey. Um, and then it's like too much information, we're just getting started wow tantalizing um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so right off the bat they're telling us that it's really incestuous yeah Um, and and they're all rated and ranked by their proximity to Bollywood but by that very definition they're all second tier you know yeah. like just the fact that you have to spell out like you know what this person is like married to this person who is the brother of this person it's yeah. like just by that it's like okay this we're not dealing with like the A-list right now
1: yeah yeah it's, um, a, it's like a weird a minus list or something because they, they're just close enough to be part of the hegemons <laughs> but not actually powerful within that group at all so yeah exactly
0: yeah. and uh so the first shot is an. Uh, um a f- i mean i just love this sort of brig brother presence that karanjohar has. it's like a, sh- a l- like um, a a zoom out shot of Karan Johar's An Unsuitable Boy, his autobiography and it's like the first thing you see in the camera like pans up and there's Maheep Kapoor like like stressed out walking around (laughs) her apartment in a tizzy and you're like what's going on Um, and then she's talking to and through her conversation with Rekha, her staff, her house help She's talking about how she's super stressed about going to Paris and you just see like all these suitcases and these shots, and Mahiv Kapoor just walking around and like walking in her house looking like shaking. It's like really funny. Um, And also expecting Rekha
1: to like empathize or something like you know like this is something Rekha needs in her life (laughs) you know talking about how awful her life is that she has to go to Paris. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I know, and how she says, Like, it's like, it's like, it's, it's really, it's, it's really extra. And then, um, and then you find out in the talking head of Mahib Kapoor, like, who she is and why she is so stressed. And it's because of La Ball, or like La Ball, I don't, uh, like, where a ball, like a debutante ball, where predominantly prestigious families over the world are invited. And it's like a girl's coming out in society. And her daughter, Shania, is has been invited to this ball Mm. Um, so that's our introduction to Maheep and then the doorbell rings ting-tong and in walks Seema Khan um, uh, who Maheep describes as the irritating spoiled third child and basically it's all about Maheep so Maheep is still neurotic about traveling she's called Seema over obviously for the conceit of the show but also within the logic of the show it's like Seema is her Xanax pill and I just love this, like, casual reference to, like, mood statement. Yeah, I was, I was really sub-
1: I, taken aback, to be honest. I, I didn't think she'd sort of, you know, just admit to it on camera. I mean, she's definitely on it. But, uh, yeah, it was... But it's, was, it's not working. You know, at she needs, all. She, she needs a higher dose. But the, I <laughs> also feel like, I mean, not to, you know, make fun of anyone with any mental health issues, but it's just that I feel like with these, uh, and we'll come back to this, I guess, you know, again, but I just feel like Maheep sort of epitomizes that style of um, speaking, you know, speech, diction and comportment that really uh, sort of screams teenage girl. And you see it in Mm. comments like this, you know, just casually throwing in there a reference to Xanax for no reason. (laughs) Like, it's like yeah. school or something. Like she read about it in a magazine, and she's saying it to sound cool. Right.
0: I think that's what threw me off because I'm like, hey, like, is, uh, I mean, I don't know, is Xanax available in India? Like, yeah, um, it's something you
1: hear, you know, like in a sitcom, an American sitcom.
0: It it feels it feels like, no, and that's why I wonder, like, they, like these women watch Real Housewives and Keeping Up with the Kardashians because these are just staple comments on those shows. But it's like so, such a because Americans are like these over-medicated, they have a pill for everything. Um, you know, they have speed for when they need to stay up all night to study. And it's so casual to like be popping pills before an exam so you can study. It's like very casual. Or like when you go on a flight to take like a Xanax pill yeah. to like, pass out. Like it's just, it's a common Yeah, it's usage, a, it, that's but you're kind of, not really. Yeah. yeah. It's like Meftal and Crocin. <laughs> <No,iliz- Xanax laughs> kouros- hey. bol hai. <F1> she could have said a crossing pill a like yo, you <laughs> helped me get rid of my headache. <laughs> exactly. Like it's not but, uh, a
1: yeah. reference even, you know, like
0: culturally for us. So uh, Exactly. So Yeah. That was was odd. And then uh, and then Seema, the jester, she did, she comes across as like the the jester of the court. Uh, she asks for Rekha's take on bar and it's supposed to be this really funny moment where they're trying to use rekha to explain to draw the light on play to the audience and like draw light on how stupid this is but rekha is just yeah. like oh leave me alone can i go rekha was all of us <laughs> rekha honestly rekha does not rekha seem rekha into it all of us. <laughs> um and then and then i love it because like seema is making fun of la ball, ball and just making like talking to rekha about you know, Ye karte hai, aise and all of that and Maheep quickly jumps, like, charity ke liye bhi hai. There was almost like an after, after bhi 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 you. Like, you know, somehow Maheep has to
1: justify <laughs> to the audience that there's merit in this and that she's not just some shallow and vain stage mother
0: but she totally um, and, and then the doorbell rings again and then Neelam and Bhavna show up rounding out this quartet And I love it because Bhavna is like, yo, girl. She just walks and like, yo, girl. They're all on something. (laughs) uh, They're all ridiculous. And then Maheep describes Neelam and Bhavna. This is how I know Maheep is the protagonist of the show. It's because usually when the show uses someone to describe other people, it's like that person is like the anchor of the show almost because it's through them that you're understanding everything else. Um, So... And everyone is being described in their relation to her. Like, Seema is a spoiled third child, and Neelam and Bhavna have come in. And Bhavna is a the spir- Neelam now starts categorizing the women in the to- in her talking head. Bhavna is a spiritual one. Seema is the pagal yeah. Um Mahi says it like it is, and Neelam is the more guarded one. Yeah. So you have like this character, you know, list. Yeah. No. This sounds like. Like when you have to write a pitch, when you're trying to like pitch a show yeah. To, yeah. A to a platform, you have to be like, "Oh, these are my character archetypes." Um, yeah. The quirky yeah. girlfriend, <laughs> you know, like yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, the nosy neighbor, the slut with a yeah. the slut with a heart of gold. Pretty like, much, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's the same. Yeah, it's a
0: yeah, it's, yeah. it's a schema. Um, then there's more chit chat about Labal the ball bhavna talks about how ananya was a part of it isham bani shloka birla princess gorevi kumar and bhavna has this amazing line where she's like so it's a mix of people from the royalty and the arts like Chanke pandey's daughter ha and sanjay kapoor's daughter like again you understand Shri
1: devi's daughter honestly
0: but yeah and it's funny that neither janvi nor Sada Ali Khan, who comes from actual royalty, yeah. like none of these people have been part of Labal, but it's like Shanaya and Ananya. Yeah, it's um,
1: really funny.
0: Who are also just like look and their names sound like they're twins, like the Desi twins from like the Indian version of The Shining. It's like Karan Johar is The Shining. Pretty And it'll be. <laughs> <laughs> but scarier. But uh, right. Yeah, <laughs> but scary. Um, so we're going to get into Labal later. I want to get into it. When do you want to get into what that is? Because I've been doing my research, but we can move it along and get into it when we actually go to Paris.
1: Yeah, let's let's save it for the Paris um, yeah, section.
0: Um, intermission ke baad. Um, so right, so Shanaya, so basically, it's just a lot of Labal talk, like Sanjay and Shanaya have not practiced at all. Maheep is spelling out everything she's anxious about. I mean, I don't think there's anything this woman is happy about. Then randomly the conversation switches to them talking about water bras which is where the title is derived from and it's a really uninteresting anecdote about water bras and like my eyes glazed over (laughs) and I just couldn't believe that a bunch of like 50 year old women were sitting around like giggling about bras. (laughs)
1: Yeah
0: and from like 20 years ago
1: too. I mean, Yeah, it's like
0: a twenty year old I just love that they decided to pull like this story out of the bag of stories. Like, e- "Yeah, like this will be a funny story. And it's like this is when you know the shows but I like, I don't know. It's also just like the sort of like humor around female bodies is like so it's so fit for a show that's like held by a gay man because it's like, you know, gay men like ew vagina, it's movies. You know, yes, it's like it's, the, yeah. it's like yeah. men yeah, it's it's kind of like that it's that. And these women are playing into it. Um but but yeah. Um these I mean it's also like they come off as even more
1: sort of puerile, you know. Because that they're talking about um bras uh, lingerie as you know women in their f- 40s and 50s um as though like it's some kind of it's something to giggle over and
0: it just I feel I feel like 12 like, like, year old girl yeah i was just over, like, oh, this not,
1: like this is not i mean you know in certain contexts it can even be kind of cute when you know women are older and they sometimes um regress into you know sleepover mode But uh, I felt like the water bra was not one of those problems. There's this uh,
0: amazing um, moment in the Real Housewives of New York, uh, where the women decide to hold like a bra party, where they basically rent out or like they basically go to this uh, this lingerie store and they like book, they rent like the small room there, and they basically the whole point is like we've all like we don't actually know our correct bra sizes and we're all uncomfortable in the bras we wear, so let's like go and actually get ourselves measured and like mm-hmm. wear the bras that we're most comfortable with and they're all just kind of walking around in bras and it's very much like a girly moment. That's
1: actually kind of um, sweet. That's you know, fun that's and sweet. Well. Um
0: and they're just sort of like looking at each other and like giggling. But it's a very and it's and this whole fight breaks out there, this hilarious fight breaks out there because one of the women women Dorenda is dating this guy who none of the other women like because they feel like he's like this skeezy, slimy operator and they're all trying to like convince her like can you stop like lying to us about this guy like like we know that there's a problem in your relationship can you stop trying to like sell him to us constantly and then John walks in like coked out of his head, wearing like a snoopy scarf um and like inserts himself in the drama with these women and in the background you just see all these like bras like hanging down and you see this like one man who's trying to fight with all of these group of women at a bra party it's like like that is like the genius of roni like it's just like situationally like it's just so funny mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah um but yeah and i it's just like wow this is like a discount version of that like of that moment of them just sort of i don't i don't know like A moment of solidarity and fun between the women that gets completely ruined by a man entering a bra party. Mm. Like, um but anyway, um then Sanjay Kapoor walks in and the women start like hooting randomly and Neelam is like in her talking head, Sanjay was looking super cool in that leather studded jacket. (laughs) Like I don't think
1: anybody has ever complimented Sanjay Kapoor ever
0: um and then shania kapoor walks out um and she's looking very coquettish like her hand is over her mouth he's like like that like that's how she's walking out and she's like and she and she comes out like oh my god 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 like she's just coming out like just that's her introduction um and then shania starts like making fun of her mother and she's like, the mother's always like, Shanaya, pack your pants, but pa, Shanaya, pack your toilet, Shanaya, pack this, Shanaya, pack that. And she's like, bro, I know, I will pack it. So this is like, um, I don't know, this is just like the way Shanaya talks. Um, yeah, either, the moment she opened
1: her mouth, I was like, I don't want to hear this voice ever in a movie. Like, I know, completely I, got, I got very sad. Without intonation and just kind of flat and dull. But that's why I mean, you know, I, I, I'll say it because you know, she seems to want to enter the industry,
0: and it just I just feel like she has zero charisma. Also, just uh, I, I watching this episode and taking notes for the show, I realized that Shania is like she's really awkward, she has a mm-hmm. really awkward embodiment. Because there are all these moments where you kind of, like when she's at Labal, she's like, I don't know, I'll, re- I'll, get, I'll get to those expressions and gestures she does like when we get there. But this is mm. someone who's fundamentally not comfortable in front of a camera. She's comfortable posing in front of a camera, but she's not comfortable in her embodiment moving in front of a camera. Mm.
1: Mm.
0: And I just like, okay, but like someone who's that awkward, like she's very good at like posing when she's taking selfies of herself. Like she, she knows her angles. By this point, but she's um, quite gawky. She's not good, yeah, like and she's quite gawky, and maybe because she's tall as well
1: and very thin, uh, that that um, gawkiness is sort of it becomes pronounced when she's in motion, mm-hmm. and you know it doesn't yeah. matter. But if you're going to be on, and like it doesn't matter quite self, obviously, you know people should be as gawky or elegant as they or graceful as they like. But because she's she aspires to be on camera and you know, we have to be subjected to this, I feel like yeah, she she really comes off as someone who doesn't necessarily want to be anywhere. She she has this kind of vacant and lost expression in general, I felt. And um like she followed Ananya's lead a lot.
0: Yeah, and then then and speaking of Ananya, then there's a call that comes oh, yeah. and you hear shanaya and the only way you like the, the first thing you hear is like a call coming in and Shania is like yo bro you managed to call me finally and then both of them just start crying and it's like the most disorienting time, thing yeah. and then kapoor on the other side um and then Shania is like bro i'm only going for five days bro what are you doing and um, it feels like a scene in like a hindi movie where a girl is talking to some guy she's getting arranged marriage to and all the adults are like hanging around like kya kya suno, suno kya Like it's like it just reminded me of that with these like I don't know and both of them are really coquettish Um and they're just like crying and squealing on the phone at each other and I don't know what's going on. Um And then at this point I had to like look on Netflix like how much time has elapsed and I'm like oh like 23 minutes left of this. Damn. <laughs> I think at this point that I was like oh shit. This is a very long sequence. Um, anyway, off to Paris. Um, and after, so the women all leave the house, and Sanjay Kapoor and Janaya and Mahipa off to Paris. Um, and then we move to the Pandey home, which is like subtitled The Case of the Missing Whiskey. Um, and you see Chunky Pandey in a tie dye shirt um, and like sunglasses. Do uh, he really rocks
1: it? He does rock the tie dye. He looks dye look. so
0: good. He looks so hot. Yeah. I've never thought he's he looks so good, but uh, he he's installing cameras in the house uh, at his bar. You just see a photo, You just see the first images of Chunky Pandey at home installing cameras at his bar, <laughs> talking about how he feels like someone is taking his whiskey. Um, and it's but yeah, it's, it that seems one kind moment- of on brand though,
1: given the kind of characters does. he plays. I mean, it could it it's, could have been like a sequence or a scene from
0: an Anis Busby film. No, I I loved it. Yeah. I I thought that he was he was definitely one of my. I think he's probably in this episode my favorite husband. Mm. Um, but uh, then they were like discussing, like he brought so much brevity, and like not brevity, like levity, levity. Sorry, yeah. levity uh, to the to this um, to like this show. Mm-hmm. Like I just felt like it was a breath of fresh air because you see these extremely sort of like stayed in like awkward interactions before this and now you just see like chunky pandey like installing cameras in his bar um and then looking the way he looks uh, yeah. sort of no regard for you know, you know he like, actually like kind Sunday of Kapoor.
1: he i feel like he somewhat i mean he wasn't in the show much but he sort of um was that guy who was not you know who who was not self conscious and who was really easy going and relaxed and able to be himself um so in some way, in a, in a way, he sort of uh, you know um, made up for the show's overall tone and tenor in parts. Whenever he was on screen, I've heard. Yeah,
0: um, and then the Bhavna starts you know reflecting using Shania's uh, debut mm. tr- debut at like to talk about Ananya and they're talking about the two celebrities they had that year Reese with the spoon and Steve Harvey and I just like cracked up. At like the way Bhavna <laughs> no, was, was like, oh with a spoon, and and Steve Harvey were at. <laughs> I, just, I just thought
1: that was so funny. Listen, I thought like Bhavna was so smug in that moment. She's like, but we practiced, nah. You guys practiced, yeah. now. 'Cause Because that was that was the conversation they'd had previously, right? That um, Sanjay and Shanaya are they haven't actually had any training, uh, or they haven't rehearsed at all. Um, For the and, waltz. yeah, and, and Bhavna did sort of note that you know ananya and chunky had done that so when she uh was when she was having this conversation with chunky i kept thinking yeah she's really self-satisfied here <laughs> and you actually see yes, that streak of competitiveness because even though the girls are obviously you know childhood best friends and um they're very close the, obviously the mothers are close as well and now that they're in the industry there does seem to be like this touch of com- competition and you know uh, Definitely, desire
0: to outdo. And then we're back to Paris, and there's slow motion shots of Sanjay, Maheep, and Panchayya walking in Paris. And what's funny about this is that all of them have this really pained expression on their face in slow motion. Like it's not like a glamorous fun family yeah. comic around Paris. <laughs> they all of them have these like furrowed eyebrows and looking like their nose, their noses. I wish. I mean, I'm not. This is not video, but like I did the Moses. I didn't do They looked annoyed. Yeah, and it was like the opposite of the of Michael iPhone. Bay entry. Because you're like, this is so and, underwhelming, actually. <laughs> you know, these and then people nothing. Another really funny thing is that they're taking selfies at the Eiffel Tower and then there's this like B-roll footage of Paris. And when they're <laughs> showing all of this B-roll footage of like Parisian life, you just hear the voice of Shania like, Oh my God! Like this vibratory <laughs> voice of Shania. <laughs>
1: it's like,
0: we can and, hear um, you. <laughs> yeah. And it's like over these, it's not even like in scene, it's like over these shots of like different like cafes and animals and birds and, palaces, <laughs> and it's really funny. And then Mahip is like, you know, seeing Shania's face and excitement was everything for me.
1: And like Shania does not look excited
0: at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and then it's at this point with all these like slow-mo shots of Shania, like with her like her chin up at the sky. Uh, then I realized that the show is a launch vehicle for Shania Kapoor. Um, <laughs> right. Or at least an attempt. And yeah. An attempt at one. And then I, started, then I started thinking about how funny it would be if um, they use this episode as like a spin off for Shania. And it's, she, it's just like her getting lost in the streets of Paris and like getting kidnapped. And then she wakes up with the bag over her head being lifted. And, and suddenly she's like a character in Emily in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> and there's this, like, Parisian who's just like, like, bonjour, comment allez vous? And she's like, bro, what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> she's like, where's my mama? <laughs> and there's like, no, it's like Alice in Wonderland. It's like down the rabbit hole. Like, she can never go back. And this is like the new Shania starter. Um, that Netflix is launching. It's like, it's, they it's really to, like, like trend it like that could bring us into,
1: fall, into watching it. They,
0: they try exactly. to exactly like watching like, her
1: debut. She like yeah.
0: walk. She like walks off in a path, and it's like, oh, you're seeing Shania as part of the show, and then suddenly like Shania like, is like surprise. A it's actually world. a launch vehicle. Oh god, yeah. Yeah, that would be the worst. But I wouldn't um, pa-
1: put it past uh, Karan Johar. It's the kind of thing he, you know, he might
0: do. He exactly. Um, this is how he's making the format his bitch. I I love that about him. Um, and then we get to Neelam and Samir Soni which is actually like a sweet scene where it's the two of them reading scripts together and yeah. it really felt like the only like human touch in this whole show, this whole episode yeah. so far yeah. where um, I mean the joke is on Neelam because she is too sort of um, guarded and refined wow. to use Hindi gaalis required in this day and age of like these scandalous web series and she's mm. like I can't even say it, I can't even say it. She's like beep beep. She's reading a script and she's like Marky beep. <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah, it was actually. I felt like
1: um, Samir, you know, for to me, he he came off as the most um, realistic and grounded person, and he uh, infused that show that episode with a certain amount of earthiness, um, and also their interaction seemed. I'll uh, do fair. I mean, I I feel like even the bhavna Chunky interaction on their for for you know for on their own terms it did feel like they you know got along and it, that you know things were good um but the samir uh, and neelam interaction i thought really kind of seemed like the seemed like just a regu- just like spouses sitting at home and talking and ribbing each yeah. other and yeah it was yeah, really so, sweet yeah it was sweet and even with like i mean i kind of rolled my eyes like you at neelam's um resistance to swearing in Hindi because I mean like that's not not because of anything else but I felt like I mean not that I mean obviously you know we can talk about like how the uh, profanity is used as a kind of um, lazy um, shortcut uh, you know Mm -hmm. for edginess a kind of derivative edginess in a lot of web series and movies these days but I think Neelam's opposition to it just came from this place of like being too good for it. And that kind of rubbed me the wrong way slightly, but that's what I, it, that's what I mean. You know, that's why I thought that Samir's presence there it sort of offset that, and he and and the fact that they are together made me like her
0: more. It was really it was it was nice, and I also just felt. I mean, the whole point of this was to underline that Neelam has a fear of judgment, even though that. It wasn't explicitly said, it just feels like the reason why she can't give these galis is because she's so scared of what people will say about her. Yeah, And really that is the sort of the thing, the albatross around her neck. Um, and then there's also some sort of suggestion and this is just total bullshit editing. I, in my opinion, I don't know how it plays out across the show but about this awkwardness about him doing intimate scenes for web shows. And it's kind of like trying to show Neelam as this insecure housewife. Mm. Uh, which is obviously like a typecast they have to fulfill because I don't know if any other woman can so easily fit into that glove
1: Mm. of like
0: you know that typecast of like this oh this woman with an actor husband who's insecure like you know every woman has to be insecure and worried her husband is cheating on her it's like Mm. this is what happens when you're old is that you know you get paranoid about these things and no other woman fits that as easily as Neelam I guess but uh, I felt it was forced on her through the Mm. way it was edited um then we move on to Sima Khan who is my favorite character so far um yeah. because she's really she's really batty and in a fun way like she's the only one who i felt yeah. like came close to making fun of herself or laughing at herself or being really like kooky um yeah. mm. and uh, she is the wife of Swail Khan the brother of Salman and they eloped which made me like i love couples who elope so, I, they both ran away in the middle of the night and got married. Um, and uh, she's described it as a mad and romantic sort of affair and like wedding. Um, yeah. And you really see her in the middle of her family life. It's her son's birthday and he's abroad in university, so she's wishing him. And like the he thing he also you know calls about a her a wannabe,
1: listen. which I thought was great.
0: She's like, Mom, you're and a he, wannabe. And then, and then because she's talking about her obsessions with uh, the Kardashians. Yeah. And um, and then she starts talking about how she DMs Kim Kardashian regularly. Yeah that <laughs> just like came, that has... is quite endearing, yeah. Like I mean It's so endearing. I I love that about yeah. her. I mean the fact that she was so also she's so like to me she's so beautiful. I don't know. I just like really mm. liked her. No, she <laughs> she honestly really had stunning. a very nice uh,
1: kind of way about her. I mean at least what she was, you know, showing of herself on camera um first of all i felt like she and you know we've talked about this i felt like she was out of all of them she was she felt like somebody it's possible to do in the real world as a as an acquaintance or as a you know professional associate if you if if you move in some uh, ad, you know proximity to that world she seemed like a pretty regular south bombay auntie type uh and yeah, someone and t- with a sense of humor yeah you're right i mean even from our first um you know, scene, right from her first dialogue when she was sort of, you know, having fun with Rekha uh, and trying to get Maheep to explain what the, the label was to, to Rekha. She came up as someone who, you know, enjoyed uh, be. she was she was affable, she's affable, she can make fun of herself, um, and she's easygoing, you know, as a And she enjoys, thing. like...
0: And she enjoys like what's the word, like twisting the not twisting the knife in the negative way. Not that's the word, but she like enjoys making people uncomfortable through her sense of humor. Like yeah. she enjoys being inappropriate. Like she enjoys like
1: yeah. having wo, wo to make wo people to themselves. Hai, chote chote types, you know, in her exactly. Form of exactly. Life. Just to um, spice things up or live in things up. So, yeah. yeah, and it's
0: not in like a bitchy way, which is what I really liked about yeah, her. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't a an um, And she and she also just seems like the only one who has the Guts to reveal the truth because she starts talking about the meandering relationship with her husband, and yeah. how they're both growing in different directions, yeah. and it's not a conventional marriage, but they both love their kids and are devoted to their children. And I was like, cool. Like she seems, she seems like a genuinely like cool person. Like I, I honestly love to like get drunk with her. Yeah, she seemed
1: like she seemed
0: like legit fun. Yeah. Yeah, um, and then anyway, it's like back to B-roll footage of Faris. Um, <laughs> And now Maheep and Sanjay are at a French cafe and Sanjay's talking about Lido. And I was oh, like, God. what? what? Oh, God. And then Lido, Lido. And I had to Google it and it turns out it's like a cabaret and yeah. burlesque show yeah. in but Paris. But you know, the, the,
1: the bit that, like that was such a telling scene to me. It really stuck with me. It that, that was a really telling exchange uh, in terms of how their relationship might be. Uh, so he said, he mentions the Lido and he talks about how in the 80s, he visited with you know, with family. And uh, they couldn't really afford to uh, go to any of these places. And he seemed to be reminiscing. He seemed to be nostalgic. And his wife, like Maheep, is basically like, you know, that's where I bought my Louis Vuitton. And I was like, yeah, Like, what? Like, I mean, to me, it just, it was so comical. Like, they, they just seem to be on such separate tracks. Like, imagine someone sharing a memory with you, and your first response is to talk about how you bought something near that place. It's just like a weird non-sequitur, you know, model of conversation that...
0: And it also just seemed like something she, wouldn't, she was saying because she wanted it set on camera. Yeah, you so can she, tell that
1: she wanted to let people know that she has, you know, a Louis Vuitton. Yeah. Which was bizarre. Because at this point, it's not even like a luxury commodity in that sense. You know, like TV stars have one. It's fine. Chill.
0: And then they start talking about Shania and there's some press conference, and we see sh- the parents are talking about her and how hard she's working, and you see shots of Shania in her right, like her red feather dress, and yeah. um, then this is what I meant in terms of like the awkwardness because this is oh, when man. I really noticed that Shania is a very awkward person, I and mean, they're just like shots of her, uh, like like in every kind of like cut. Of Mm -hmm. two Krishnaya in these different scenarios, she's like smiling with her mouth like open, open looking at the ceiling and shaking her head. It's like if you like go back, like all of you listening, please just like go to that second. You'll know what I'm saying. It's like such an awkward way of like dealing with social anxiety Mm -hmm. because she's being thrown into these situations with other people and she's just kind of like not looking at anyone. She's like with her head at the ceiling with this very like placid smile on her face, and I'm like, wow, you're like. Not comfortable at all. Yeah, I'm just. You're not someone who's like like, like, able to connect with other people.
1: It's true. I mean, there were certain moments where I just felt like Shanaya, blink if you need help, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Uh, But, um, but yeah, but I mean, also, she also surprised me. I mean, later on in the show, she because she seems to be like um, that social anxiety that's suggested by her uh, body in motion. It's sort of mm-hmm. countered by how relaxed she is about actually talking in front of, you know, at the press conference, for instance, you know, there, there's a scene in, I think, the second episode, or maybe this episode, I'm not sure, where, uh, yeah, I think this episode, where bas- where uh, Maheep asks her, you know, what are you going to say? And she says something really banal and blah. And then, but she's perfectly comfortable and relaxed. You know, she's not worried or anxious about going up and saying these things either. Yeah, that wasn't. So in this her pathology is quite no. difficult to decipher. You know, like
0: yeah, maybe I- we should stop. Like yeah, yeah. I'm like I just felt in that moment because usually it's like why wouldn't you just like why why are the shots of you like there are a bunch of people around you talking and you're just like apart and like looking at the ceiling and like shaking your head? <laughs> with you, like, Why aren't you talking? <laughs> like I don't get it she yeah. just <laughs> um,
1: seems devoid of charisma and personality public personality yeah not personality I'm sure she you know obviously she has her life in friends I just mean on camera and in public
0: view Um, and then there's this whole thing of um, Sanjay and Maheep talking about how this ball is a professional opportunity for Shania and I'm like like wow these people have the lowest standards for their kids <laughs> like uh, and
1: this like, is no, going to repeat again with Ananya. Let's have you um, meet you. I, I like Sanjay, to be honest, because I feel like he sort of undercuts Maheep's fa- like, feigned hotter, cultivated hotter. You know, she likes to, she has this affected way of talking. She likes to pepper her conversations with references to Xanax and Louis Vuitton. Um, She's obviously someone who is aggressively, upwardly mobile in this really bizarre way, even though, you know, she's so elite in terms of money, at least. Uh, but Sanjay has this quality where he's able to, I think, provide a provide a humorous counterpoint to that. Um, like, even with the escago, I felt like she's the one who studied in Switzerland, ostensibly, I don't know, and traveled the world and lived everywhere and is a product of an international upbringing and whatnot she's unable to eat snails he's actually able to to do just fine with the escargot you
0: know and he's having so much fun like he's he's just like he's a very fun guy um and but this is like such a long scene because then they move into next talking about like um like the cute cavalier which I don't even want to talk about um and then Maheep talking about how she wants to be a friend to her daughter Sanjay doing this whole like jealous father possessive father bit like oh like Tell her that all the boys have only one thing on their minds, huh? Like, it's like such boober like humour and... at this
1: point, right? Like we no. I thought these jokes yeah. or like this kind of sentiment being expressed in this specific way, uh had gone out of fashion years ago.
0: And like they're still And then And they're still talking about Shanaya. and now it's like, oh like Sanjay's like she shouldn't think everything is a fairy tale. I've seen this industry too closely. I mean, it's a bit late for and that. She's like, 20
1: sh- now. I mean, This is something you should have yeah. instilled in her, you know, her growing up. And it doesn't seem like that has taken if an attempt was made based on how she... And thinks. there's this
0: very Disney princess like Rapunzel stuck in the castle type of shot of Shania with her arms crossed from inside the hotel looking outside. This is a shot of her like, peering outside rich the little
1: or something of that. Yeah.
0: Aspect, I don't know. Like trapped. Yeah. <laughs> trapped in the palace like kind of feeling and then um, uh, and then yeah then the, this Paris event is for so I, okay one thing that struck me here is that um, wh- like I was like why in the first episode are we seeing all of these women apart like it's like bizarre to me that all of these women are sort of doing their own thing because I feel like a really fun pirate would have been like them in their different directions and then coming together at the end for like this party that like where these silent rivalries—it's like to me like a model for like a show like this would have been like you have these women pursuing their lives and you they get introduced to you by what you see them doing in their daily life and then they come together at the end um, and there's kind of this kind of you know like something that had happened off screen or something that was like gestured to in another scene it like comes to a head where suddenly these two people who have tension. Are coming to a head in this episode um, and that's kind of how and it's not fully dramatic yet but it's giving you a sense of like the interpersonal dynamics but it's like but if you're having like, that to me it makes sense naturally in terms of how this should go um, with the, that reveal of all of them coming together at the end is something that you savor at the end once you get to know them better but this show like in a really rushed way introduced all of them to you through exposition then it like had this weird stage scene of them sitting in Maheep's thing only talking about Maheep. None of them really talked about themselves. Then you have these like offhand scenes of them in their natural environments. And then the real track is mahip's story, which is actually about the daughter. Mm. So I'm like, this is weird. Mm. Yeah, it's it was like, a bit all over the place. It, like,
1: and I feel like, you know, because you see them together all the time, some of that uh, drama is diffused anyway by the end, right? Because these narrative yeah. tracks are not, the, or drives are not playing out independent of each other but they're concentrated in their perennial togetherness right so then it doesn't really yeah then there's no real moment of like you know some kind of resolution or
0: Exactly. high or, I, or something yeah there was no that's what i kind of it's a very flat episode very very flat it felt like a lifestyle show um then we go to Bhavna Pandey and then we like, it swerves from this like sentimental music with um, Maheep and Sanjay talking about Shanaya and how difficult the industry is and how they want to protect her. There's suddenly this voice breaking the sentimental music like, I'm looking like a narial, <laughs> And it's like shot and Ananya Pandey <laughs> being passed you know, over. know, all
1: my attempts to like Chunky Pandey were completely undone each time Ananya popped up on screen. Because you're like, we can't forgive you for
0: this. No matter how nice you are. <laughs> Kananya Pandey is wearing this like weird, like roughly b- ugly brown thing. And uh, she's like, I'm looking like a coconut. And then her stylist is like, that's the point. And I'm like, okay, what shoot is this? Um, and then Bhavana was like, she better not get trolled for this. And, and Ananya's like, they're going to troll me no matter what I wear. And I'm like, stop like whining. Like you... Yeah. family of like oh like stop whining and uh, and then Bhavana and then Ananya Pandey goes into like the this little like room where the, people are fussing over her like there are these different stylists hair makeup everything and Bhavana now starts like selling her daughter you have these two like bhavana's silent parents sitting at the couch and Bhavana is just telling them how amazing Ananya is and Bhavna is like if you don't enjoy this work you can't do this work that's what ananya has taught me That was such and insight then is, in that
1: sentence i was <laughs> like wow like we did not know this that you have to like your work to do it
0: and then and then and then bhavana describing ananya's job is the funniest thing like you have to sit in front of the mirror every morning taking 2 hours to get ready however tired you are you have to be smiling and then Bhavna's parents are not. Has eligible. she ever That's met the a flight job? That's the most difficult job.
1: Like actual <laughs> service workers. Has she met people who work in the service industry, customer-facing jobs? <laughs> she, like, I know exactly. It's really funny,
0: and like the the, the look and, of and then, put upon, kind of you
1: know exasperation. It was just ridiculous.
0: We go back to Paris, and then we um, then we really go to the 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 event, the event, the La and it's like some, something, it's like the, it's like the practice round, it's like the rehearsal of the actual event, but um, this, uh, there's this uh, French lady who's like, I don't know how to, like, in a, she has platinum hair, like a platinum bob with these bangs and like her flips are blown up and she's very petite and she gets introduced as, um, like, I can't pronounce her name, like Ophelia Renoir or something like that, like. The lady who and what's funny is that the, the title card says Ophelia, like but they keep but mahip keeps calling her Ophelia, so I'm like, okay, what's the real name here? And I'm so, really beginning to doubt uh,
1: mahip's story about having studied in Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, and then uh, she's, you know, this is like obviously the trade off that the show had, like, like the, the Ophelia gave them that permission to shoot if they did like a little like. Uh, Spawn on for the ball, like you know, this conversation with her, this pause conversation with her. So, so Philly is talking to uh, Maheep and Sanjay about you know, there are three people opening the ball, and the third one is will be the royal prince of India who is none other than Sanjay Kapoor. <laughs> and uh, Mahip is literally like salivating in front of her, she's so excited. And then Mahip's like talking head is like, I love her, I love her, I admire her. and, um, basically i got the sense that la and then maheep asks her sorry um like when was Labal started and uh, ophelia, ophelia ophelia whatever her name is was like oh it was 25 years ago and uh, and then maheep was like wow 25 years and i'm like no and that reflects really poorly on all of you <laughs> the it, fact that you're impressed isn't by how, like
1: <laughs> yeah how recent it is
0: <laughs> and uh, no the fact that it seems to me that she thinks 25 years is a long that's time that's what I'm saying. i think like, like it's crazy that she yeah.
1: you know she had this this g- gasp of you know awe
0: oh. it was really funny particularly in Europe yeah it isn't some like historic ball that's tried it's that's connected to like European aristocracy and like old money it's completely like and then I found out that Ophelia is a publicist I'm like wow this woman's a f- Fucking genius! This is like a pyramid scheme, and you're scamming these rich foreigners into sending their daughters for this like debutante ball, and it's like a status symbol for desperate Indians. And they use Reese Witherspoon and Steve Harvey like, like something like Firefest would use like Instagram models, you <laughs> yeah, know, like yeah. to like as a cover for, a, for cover for legitimacy. Like it, I noticed it was. I kind of realized then. It's like it started like clicking in my head. That this woman isn't like someone who's like ex aristocracy or someone who's like a countess who's like about manners and young women. It's like no, she's a publicist.
1: Yeah, and you she's, see that even she's, with like I mean you're right, absolutely.
0: Because like there's a whole beauty
1: pageant logic to the whole thing, right? Uh, the 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 fact that these girls are dressed up in couture and um, there are there are like this this is entire luxury goods industry, which. Um, you know wants to take advantage of markets like india and china for instance uh, which is the economic uh, logic that drives beauty pageants to uh, crown winners from developing countries right basically these are corporations that are looking for markets and somebody like this lady who started the the ball is just along for the ride as a mediator and to you know profit off that of brokering these deals and these associations
0: and then it's also just a front of like a charity organization.
1: What say, yeah, that's all fake. What that's just for like uh, to, to, you know, provide a patina of respectability.
0: But also just the, the charities. Um, there's one in New York, which focuses on supporting the mental health of teenage mothers. And then there's there's one in Southeast Asia, which promotes the education of girls in Southeast Asia. And they're both like really random like. I haven't heard of any of these charities like i don't know what they are um but that's precisely why
1: exactly right so they can't they there's a reason that they won't partner with or probably can't partner with any um big name you know organizations and charity initiatives because this is basically I... a corporate uh, you know whatever no a scam of some kind not scam really but yeah like some kind of a corporate scheme you know it's like
0: what's a scam where everyone is in on it but it's it's (laughs) kind of like okay like everyone knows this isn't for the charity yeah you know and everyone is i don't know it's like everyone is like part of like the charade of like yeah like this is for i guess yeah it's a debutante ball this is that's exactly what a debutante ball is a total charade but um but uh, and then no, this is, this is the best scene of possibly this whole show is uh, Sanjay Kapoor meets lee <laughs> and uh, Jet Li is there looking casual, looking like just in like a like Sanjay Kapoor is like wearing like a designer su- suit, and Jetli is just there like a cap uh, and glasses, just looking really chill, um, and he kind of has the energy of like I feel like Shahrukh Khan's energy, where it's just kind of like yeah, I was like some cool and chill energy. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, that is
0: like big dick energy. And then uh, Sanjay Kapoor like, So "I'm like the biggest fan of yours, sir." So like I've seen all of your movies. And then uh, Sanjay Kapoor starts like propositioning Jet Jetli to get his daughter to act in a film with Shania And then the daughter and Jetli are just like, maybe not. <laughs> that was uh, really funny. No, <laughs> maybe not.
1: <laughs> that was so catty, but like on huh? point as well. I
0: just I just love that like father daughter sort of also just. That A, eh, this is like the cringe embarrassment on the behalf of poor Sanjay Kapoor, who's just being like the Indian father that he yeah, is. Yeah, but you know like the, the types do this all the time. Uh, like they, they're so,
1: it's the, one derives so much secondhand embarrassment watching these people interact with famous people from elsewhere, particularly Hollywood or Europe. I mean, I remember this one incident. I don't know if this is true or not, but I remember reading about this in a gossip magazine uh, that Priyanka Chopra had apparently met Bono and they discussed r- rock music in India. And she gave him DVDs of Rockstar.
0: You know, of... You know, uh, no, 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 Rock On. Yeah, was it Rock... Oh, rockstar. I think it was
1: Rockstar. She was like, oh, we also, like, have this tradition. And we have films made on this. It was really... Like they do this and the like they clown themselves on the world stage routinely. And it really reflects poorly on billions of us. You know, I think there's a I lot know. of... So there's this schadenfreude, I think, that's associated with watching these people who keep, who you know, who, 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 uh, who keep, you know, succeeding in India, despite how terrible and awful they are and untalented they are, uh, kind of, you know, being shown up and being called out subtly. Uh, in a in a context where nobody needs to suck up to them or gives a shit, like Jetli doesn't need to, you know, curry favor with Sanjay Kapoor at all. He's never going to appear in a movie with which has been produced by Boni Kapoor. So uh, you it's know, it like, so funny. It was really funny because you're like, okay, this is where you really know what's going on.
0: Um, and then and then we have mahip Kapoor complaining about how Sanjay can't dance, and Sanjay Kapoor is like. It's so funny. Such a Punjabi. <laughs> this is also so really great. Sanjay Kapoor. Yeah, yeah this is like, Mahi like, Kapoor is like, competing, Oh, he's like, He can't even dance. Your father hasn't even practiced. And Sanjay Kapoor is just like, pirouetting and falling all around. And it's like out of focus. But just Especially Sanjay Kapoor like, tripping over these different things. <laughs> yeah, Everybody's laughing, laughing at about them it.
1: Well.
0: Like, the apart from... Like,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, you see all these shots of like these like these like eighteen year old girls just like giggling I mean, like who yeah. is this guy? <laughs> um but he's he's carrying this episode. Sandra Kapoor is single handedly carrying this episode. Um and uh, I mean he has a kind of th- another bitch. sort of
1: oblivious piss, which, you know, works for him. I, I know <laughs>
0: And then, and then the, my other favorite Sandra Kapoor moment is when he's uh, recording Shania dancing with her cavalier, that Max guy, and he's recording her with this flashlight on. He's like stalking them around the <laughs> border while they're dancing with a flashlight on. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was really funny, was funny. as well. Um, um, but yeah, so this is like this was the end. So there was no cliffhanger. There was no sort of resolution. There was nothing, um, and. Uh, then it just says, like, coming up next. And you just see the smorgasbord of like Bollywood actors. Um, Arjun Kapoor, Sudhat Malotra, yeah, Jacqueline Fernandez, Gauri Khan. Um, across the screen. And it's like, that's supposed to like, rev you up to continue watching the show. So yeah. That's it. That's really where it ends. And it ends with special thanks to Jet Li.
1: You really get a sense of the... You know, the the mythology that these people live with, I think you get a sense of that. Because they're obviously these narratives, they have to tell themselves also, right? To survive and exist in the kind of rarefied echelon that they do, of Bollywood. There's obviously one aspect of it is just straight up glamour porn. But when you actually see these people, you know, you wonder like, you know, what are the kind of things that they're telling themselves? and apart from seema and to some extent neelam also i guess i think maheep and bhavna i really wonder where and they have daughters in the business right as well so i feel like that mm-hmm. it really struck me from bhavna's attempts to talk up ananya's profession to like you know the way maheep is a kind of helicopter mother and her neurosis about her child it just made me think and and, the, and their overall relationship obviously to these to, you know, th- these families of wealth and or closeness to families which, which you know, have power and wealth. Yeah, it really made me think about how they, what kind of narratives they live with.
0: Do you think the show is going to get commissioned for a second season? And like, do you think... Um... I just, like, don't know what else there is to reveal about them unless they add someone else into the mix who's, like, a more chaotic figure. Like, to me, they should really add someone who's kind of um, a divorced or a widow or some or that kind of character, like a woman who doesn't really give any fucks about maintaining a family image, or a, you know? Um, and I think that person will truly be the most fun out of the group. Um, and she will, like, throw these women into a tizzy and, like, break them out. I feel like they, none of them are, like, breaking out of their... Like I feel like they all have, I, they probably all have storylines. and read some kind of like resolution, at this forced resolution at the end. That's probably it. But I don't think they actually change. No, and I also think
1: that because they're all interacting with their friends and they in and very much in their element, you know, you never really see them in moments of real moments of vulnerability or authenticity, right? Because for that to happen, you have to take people out of situations that they already navigate, you know. In, in a way that is second nature and put them in a context where or a milieu where they don't um, you know know what to do or they rub up against personality that they don't already know how to deal with um in fact i don't know that in bollywood there are there are, you know is a figure like that like even among divorced the divorcee women people like maybe someone like suzanne roshan for uh, suzanne khan for instance.
0: That's so true. Yeah, like she, she has to still, you, you know, so, she can't yeah, really let yeah, go. Yeah. Right?
1: Like I feel like that entire, I mean, we can, I, I, I think we can talk about this in the, you know, in a in a broader context of a certain kind of, you know, in ca- caste-based industrial logic that operates according to family networks and social alliances. Um, but there's, I don't think that there's enough, you know, space for these women to, outrageous or not care in the way that, you know, they, they do in the states where, you know, real, the Real Housewives uh, exist.
0: And I really think it's related to, um, I'd really like to talk a little bit more about, as we wind down about the element, like the caste networks that I know that you've been wanting to touch upon with this is kind of like, um, I think part of that is because even if their divorce is so linked to this group and it's something that's familiar, it's something that's feudal, it's something that is historic, like it's not something that's just sort of social in terms of like a recent connection, it's something like they cannot shift, they cannot sort of like shift anything because this is the way it's been for a long time, they can't disrupt, like now these people can be disruptive forces because it's kind of like what this has been honed within them for generations and generations. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sense. exactly. Yeah. Like
1: it's, uh, you know, and I've, you know, talked about it and, uh, elsewhere and I've written about this, but the, the the feudal nature of the industry and the way in which it is organized according to these kinship networks and, you know, uh, caste-based solidarities, whether it's via marriage or, uh, you know, blood, um, it's organized in a particular way to keep things at an equilibrium, which is in alignment with the status quo i think people see that more explicitly with the more politic or obviously political uh, stands and machinations but that's true of even like their interpersonal maneuverings right and the way in which these personal relationships and networks they affect uh, how people thrive or collapse within the industry um where it's a it's a dynastic industry it's patronage based and money is concentrated you know in uh, particular families and uh, caste groups, as with, you know, m- most traditional, uh, you know, work in India, as with most traditional practices in India, artistic and cultural practices in India, and, you know, or, and y- y- you really, you know, but you we need to recognize that Bollywood is like that, too, too, or has been, for a big chunk of the 20th century, in the popular Hindi film industry. It is, uh, cast based business and that's sort of yeah
0: sorry and also the fact that marginality in this industry is like oh you were the brother that that um like when sanjay kapoor is like the marginal peripheral figure it's like wow it's like oh like, like the brother who didn't make it uh but who is still part of this family it's like that is their definition of like a marginal figure not someone who was legitimately like an outsider, they don't even that that person doesn't even configure in their imagination of what Bollywood is or what struggle yeah. is. Although it's I mean, really, when you think about it,
1: even within the logic of the show and the you know the people on 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 the, on whom or through whom they they sold it to us initially mm-hmm. via promos were 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 Shah Rukh Khan and Gauri Khan, right? Who are like Shahrukh Khan is an outsider and he's apparently the king of this particular group, right? So there's I a know. subversion of yeah. that in these odd ways as well but the fact remains that just in terms of a kind of anthropological reality we need to view these uh, people as part of deeply entrenched um, you know historically organized um, business groups and you know dynasties um and networks and you you actually you know when you, you you see that i mean the the show is not very, you know aware enough to make these connections but you see that with the kind of professions that the women are in also the so-called professions they all the women for the most part all come from family money family wealth mercantile family wealth for the most part and they they they, they engage in trade and business businesses which are uh, again you know traditional in nature like the jewelry business you know Neelam mm-hmm. Kothari inherits that or uh, Maheep Kapoor Ne Sandhu you know, she comes from a family of, clearly, of, you know, great wealth and means given her, you know, the, her cosmopolitan upbringing and uh, her ability to start a jewelry store. Like, yes, we mock these, you know, the Star wife stereotype is about a woman who, uh, you know, is either an interior designer or a jeweler or, you know, a fashion designer, professions that rely on networks to some extent. Uh, but, the you know, like if you actually look closely, there's a reason for that because the p- women who actually hold court or have clout in any capacity i mean these are again a minus b plus listers but it's still worth noting that they also belong to those um you know uh, historically powerful or uh, wealthy uh, you know capital owning um groups and communities and families and clans and that's why they're able to do these particular jobs or
0: quote-unquote jobs. Yeah, no, it, it, it really it really shows the extent to how entrenched it is and the extent of how,
1: like,
0: I don't think any of these people would even know what to do with themselves if it wasn't for this. Like, I don't think they're capable of even, like, figuring out, like, oh, I could do something else, or I could be something else, or I could exist outside of this. Like, I feel like they're just sort of, they're so, like, caught up I, in these worlds and... I mean, In these the kids are like one fourteen another.
1: or thirteen, and they're you know they're always they're, they're they, they, they they that's all they know. I want to be an actor, you know, like, and yeah. they're not encouraged necessarily to go get an education. None of these p- people, like Sharaya and Anya, they didn't go to college. I mean, I'm not you know knocking people for not getting a university education. I mean, not suggesting that doing that is the only way to be you know an intellectual or anything like that. But I think that because these are very wealthy and rich elite people it really makes you wonder that they don't have any other uh, kind of model of being you know or life
0: watch this show that's all about how they have that is a demonstration of how they have no other way of being um yeah um
1: yeah just so there's a kind of yeah so this femininity and you know these these new the neoliberalism and consumerism they're sort of interacting to create a kind of complex or a, or a you know backdrop against which this genre of tv becomes uh you know pre- ma- makes available a certain kind of affluence Uh there's there are these two s- scholars you know they've done a great paper and i mean we can put it in the show notes maybe uh alison brentchick and maria castanyada they've talked about this in the context of real housewives as well but I, and after reading the paper i was thinking about how this works in the indian context you know when, like in the context of a show like bollywood wives how this kind of affluence and femininity and um, this kind of post liberalization you know um, uh, ethos how are they coming together in a in, you know, to create this kind of a show this kind of a performativity of uh, of womanhood um, I mean, we, we were joking earlier about, or we were talking earlier about, um, you know, Shania's movements or how annoying Ananya is. Um, but I think there's something more to that, right? Like even the way they speak and move, that seems to be imported wholesale as well, right? And they're products of a certain kind of corporate private school education. You know what I mean? Yeah, and
0: like the Zoomer, the Zoomer, like social this media. This Americanized yeah, Zoomer
1: it, existing in an Americanized yeah. media scape, where they're consuming sitcoms where the word Xanax is used. Their mothers and them. Mm-hmm. And so you have an entire kind of phonetic and kinesthetic, you know, repertoire uh, that is just brought over wholesale from um, America. And Karan Johar is is, you know, somebody who has been a master at, at at kind of at at, at, at using the, the, that those um, you know schemes of um, g- you know those gestural schemes and th- that kind of diction in um, you know films like student of the year for instance you know i taught for a year at a private university and I, the moment i walked into campus it was all these uh, this this particular kind of corporate femininity the way these girls spoke and you know behaved it really was like being on the set of student of the year and so i don't think that these things are unrelated you know this kind of post liberalization um practices of uh, the body and the voice you know mediated in this way
0: yeah it's like the actresses uh, what i've always felt is that actors even if they come from this like raja beta background they still have to have this certain kind of like ruffian sort of like um rowdy sort of like kind of look and presentation but it feels like all the actresses are measured against I like I, I feel like in Bollywood the standard for an actor is not like Abhishek or arjun Kapoor what they look like what they present as I feel like they are trying to conform to another version which is like kind of like this rugged action hero or like this rugged intense like it's not them it's not what they relate to but they still have to conform to it through their work or through their personas but with the girls it's like Ananya Pandey is the standard of what is considered beautiful and desirable in Bollywood. And these girls, it's like, I feel like, I feel like the part of why the industry is so hostile to women from the outside is because I I don't think the men need to, I don't, like, I still think that Abhishek and Adil still need to work a little. You know, these Raja Betas, they still need to work a little bit to sort of be able to inhabit sort of a more what would you call like uh, not populist, but like more for a more for a, a, a general notion of masculinity? Like, but these girls don't like. Ananya will for the rest of her life be like the baby doll. You know, and every other woman we compared to Ananya's like baby doll beauty. Like what I'm ready to say is that I think even though the industry is patriarchal
1: and misogynistic, it's always been, right? But you've had actresses who've been able to capture the imagination of their viewing public across the decades. But with I feel like with these younger actresses, I mean, even the fact that they're all interchangeable facially, you there suddenly seems to be a total dearth of that and what you were talking about like you know actors having to still you know be able to um do different kinds of roles and that that's also i think because of the fact that in a patriarchal industry masculinities are always on a range right there's always Mm -hmm. a spectrum so you need to be able to interpret different kinds of men but with femininity with womanhood it's far more restrictive And so the best actresses or the best remembered actresses are the ones who've been able to somehow, even within the limited scope of Bollywood and the popular Hindi film's limitations with regard to, you know, progressive representations, they've been able to channel something in excess of those limits. You know, whether it's Devi or Madhuri Dixit or, you know, Nargis uh, and so many others, Vahida Rahman, they've been able to do that, you know, for... A certain generation of viewers, but when you but, but when you come to these women, suddenly I mean I, I I say this as a long-term viewer, right, and as an enthusiast of film history, that I feel like with these actresses, suddenly it seems like there's a there's just a completely different uh, gestural scheme that they operate with. I mean, obviously they'll make something of it for sure. There'll be cinema, you know, even in the twenty twenties and twenty thirties and so on, but it. I don't know what it'll be like, because they seem so removed.
0: Yeah, I mean, that kind of sums up the show. Um, And I guess the question is, like, do we want to wait around? Like, do we want to watch this sort of completely like this train wreck of completely alienated and women women are completely alienated from reality? And I guess that's the future of like the entertainment in store for us. Um, Considering the BJP clampdowns and any kind of expression. It just makes me wonder generally about like, is this the future of entertainment? Um, um, but any anyway, thank you so much for coming on this show. It was so, such a fun discussion. It was so much fun recapping this with you. Same. Um, I really enjoyed
1: uh, talking to you about it, about this show. Yes. I feel like there's and, so much uh, to I unpack.
0: To, <laughs> I, think, I think, just like, not to brag, but I think that like this episode is like, the best commentary on the show like <laughs> that's, so to to come up with.
1: that's so kind that's so kind I
0: think like it's both of us we're just waiting for a
1: chance to hash this out with uh, someone uh, you know who who had the same ideas someone yeah, yeah sympathetic to the cause of mocking these people